Welcome to the Raising Real Estate Standards Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Mark Mann. Okay, guys, welcome back. Uh, we just finished up a fantastic uh, uh, training session uh, here in Greensboro with uh, uh, my guest today. I'd like to welcome uh, Ashley Snow and Bob Koch from Remax International. Thanks for ha- thanks for coming. Ah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. And so I want to kind of d- dive into uh, our presentation data for those that weren't able to attend the live event. Um, and uh, um, it the the topic that we we've uh, unpacked um, is one that is not you know not a sexy topic not something that's just people are running out to to um, learn about but it's something that's super important and it's going to drive dollars to the bottom line for agents uh, across the um, across the nation and uh, that that is the the idea of emotional intelligence and how we as agents in this emotionally charged world that we live in and emotionally charged uh, job and career that we decided to go into um, deal with various different uh, types of issues and, and do it effectively uh, to make the client experience great. So, you know, guys, let's just kind of dig into this. You know, talk about, you know, what agents need to do, how they can get started, and uh, to really kind of take in and figure out who they are, how they want to present themselves, and and make uh, uh, better conversations and, and better um, understanding of their surroundings and, and the the emotions in, in this world? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it all starts with self-awareness, right? So we're looking inward. If we don't understand ourselves, we're not going to understand anyone else. Um, and self-reflection, I think in the world that we live in today, we're so busy. Um, you know, we're always putting out fires. We're going a million miles a minute. And I think it's it's rare for us to stop, pause, and look inward to determine how is this situation making me feel? Um, It's a topic that people would assume is common sense, but it really takes some proactivity um, and intentional reflection to understand. Yeah, it's it's that aspect of what are the triggers in my life? And when you actually self-reflect and look at different things and the activities that you're doing on a daily basis, you start to understand like there are some habits that I have that some of those habits might directly correlate to how I handle specific things and, you know, what, what makes me tick on a regular basis. You know, an example that we use today is, is, you know, having a daily routine. And if you miss a step in your daily routine, what does that do to you? Like subconsciously, it kind of changes how you handle things. Uh, But the other component too, is a lot of us like to watch the news right in the morning. And subconsciously, there are things that we watch in the news that are potentially a trigger that are going to shape how we look at our entire day. And we're not reflecting on those aspects and being able to say, you know, maybe I need to cut this aspect out so that I can change the dynamic that I work through on a daily basis. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, when you, when you mentioned that today um, about the news thing, it just was like an aha to me. Cause I mean, first thing I do, I get up, I pick up my phone, I look and see what's going on. And then I turn on the news and, and I'm watching the same news channel, just like everybody has their news channel that they watch mm-hmm. and they're feeding the same information to you, how they want it delivered. Um, and it was like, you know, that absolutely sets the tone for the day. It sets the tone because they're talking to me before I talk to my kids, before I talk to my wife, before I talk to anybody. I'm being talked to by talking heads. And uh, that absolutely affects m- your outlook 
and your response to something because you're that's what you're feeding. You're what you feed into your into your head is what the outcome's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, um, and you know, as as we're looking inward, um, what are some techniques? What are some things that we can do? As agents, obviously, turn off the news. That's a pretty, pretty <laughs> uh, clear cut thing. Turn off the news. Don't watch it until X time. But what are some things we can do to, to be uh, cognizant of the things that we're putting into our world and the, you know, how we're receiving things and how we perceive ourselves to be able to then go and and um, take those um, and expressly understand what other people are going through. How, what are some tools and techniques we can use? Mm-hmm. Well. You know, I think it's all about mindfulness, right? So meditation. And when a lot of people hear the word meditation, they think immediately, I can't do that. I can't sit still for 15 minutes. And really, that's not what it's all about. (laughs) It's really about um, being intentional in your thoughts and, you know, not just zoning out while you're doing different tasks. Um, While you're doing the dishes, are you thinking about a million other things or are you focusing on what you're doing in the moment, right? So that's all mindfulness. Um, another great way to, to increase your mindfulness is daily journaling. Um, so it doesn't require a lot of time, you know, a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes in the evening, even when you're out on the road, opening up your notepad in your phone and jotting down, you know, this is what happened. This is what made me feel, or this is how it made me feel. Not only is it a great release, but it makes you more self-aware of, okay, in this particular situation, this is how I'm inclined to act. How can I change that reaction that was negative or impulsive into a positive outcome? Yeah, and, and I think the, one of the things around this, this component is we're, we're talking specifically in the real estate space, right? But I would argue that as a human being, everything that you do in your daily life all talks to each other. We don't get to silo what we do for work completely separate of our life. Um, and as Ashley mentioned, some people have this real um, sticking point about meditation. And I will admit that I'm one of those people. I, I don't like to do that. I don't, for me, it doesn't seem like something of value. However, there are other practices that I do um, in my role, like in the mornings when I sit down at my computer, our initial reaction is to look at our email right away. And I don't my calendar opens first because my calendar is what I put together. It's, it's mine. It's what I have deemed to be important. And ultimately your emails are somebody else's agenda, right? So there's certain habits that you can change on the flip side of this. When we look at the idea of being emotionally intelligent, it's not just relegated to our client interactions. It's how do we deal with our family? Um, I mentioned it today in the presentation. Like I have three kids and there are times where it is, it is going bonkers at my house and I don't recognize that what my kid really needs right now is a hug because I've got so much going on. I'm like, I don't have time to give you a hug right now when in fact I should be paying attention to that particular emotional point and making some of those adjustments because at the end of the day, nobody's dying on my watch right? There's nothing that I'm doing right now that is going to be a life and death circumstance. So taking that self step back, reflecting um, in, in, on the journaling aspect, like how can I improve myself holistically, not just in my business, but in my life as a whole and kind of create that transformational attitude? Absolutely. So one of the things that, um, you know, in a lot of what we do, um, 
a word that comes to my mind and it seems very apropos in this is for those that are, you know, like myself, not, this is not natural. This is not a natural thing for me to be an emotionally intelligent individual. It's, this is something you have to intentionally decide. I want to be better at this and then put things in place um, to help yourself get there. Um, because it's, it's like anything, it's a muscle. You have to, you have to flex it. You have to work it to be able to get better at it. And so, um, uh, the, some of the tools, the, the meditation, the self-reflection, the journaling, things of that that are looking inward and, and getting to know yourself and figuring out what your triggers are mm-hmm. and, you know, notating what those triggers are and then eliminating them or pushing them to where they're not becoming such a, a, a magnifying piece of who you are. Um, um, so once we do that, once, you know— we can't unpack um, emotional intelligence in a 25-minute podcast. But, <laughs> the, the, um, you know, once we have taken care of ourselves and we have put some things in place, we are, we're putting the good stuff in, putting the triggers aside, um, the next component of the emotional intelligence is those that we're in communication with, in contact with. And so what are we doing? How are we being able to figure out how to handle and, and come to the table with um, a better sense of our surroundings to help our clients, and that's what this is geared around in, mm-hmm. in, in the real estate world, help our clients or the, just the other person on the other side of us to uh, provide a better experience. So um, I'll run with that one. So one of the things that we brought up today was this acronym of CARE, um, and we love acronyms, but C-A-R-E. Um, and, and the first part of that is communication. So you had mentioned that just a, a second ago, but like, the communication aspect is huge. Um, I think one of the things that I've, I found valuable as a presenter today was the interaction from the agents in the group. And one of the things that was said was, you know, I sit down with all of my clients and, and one of the main things that I do is I ask them how they want to be communicated with. Like that's a whole different level of, of interaction when you have your own preconceived notions, but you have now understood that you need to take that step to find out what your clients need. Um, and it's, is it through text messages? Is it through phone calls? Is it through email? I mean, do you want to be, you know, do, do I need to download the WhatsApp? And, and that's how I need to communicate with you, right? Um, so I think that communication piece is important. The other side of that is communication is so paramount in everything that we do because it's, it's that back and forth conversation that helps uncover everything. It's how we hear people. It's how we, um, you know, hear tones and voices, how we hear nervousness or how we hear anxiety or how we hear anger. Um, we're also in that communication piece. It's also that physical part, right? When you're sitting down with somebody and you see them twitching or you see them moving their eyes in different directions, you see them playing with their hands or something like all those things are, are communication indicators that help us understand, um, you know, where we need to go with things. Then the next part of that is that that A is active listening. And, and I left today's presentation, you know, kind of with the challenge to everybody that if, if they got nothing out of what we talked about, the biggest improvement that everybody can make is to actively listen. Um, and uh, it's one of those things, you know, a, a quote that was given to me by one of the other mans today was, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, Right. So the idea of listening to what our clients say, listening to what our family says, all these different things and actively doing that and listening to understand versus listening to respond. 
is, is something that's incredibly important, especially in the real estate space and understanding what our clients want and need and what drives them. Um, and then obviously on that, that our component of it is, is how do we, how do we relate to them? How do we respond? How do we handle these different circumstances? Um, how do we provide opportunities to create a win-win circumstance? Um, and, and ultimately that's, that's the gig. We're trying to live the best life that we can. And in that life, it's going to take some response and give and take and understanding the opportunities and what that looks like. And then finally, we have to empathize, right? And I think empathy is one of those really, really complicated emotional concepts. Um, some people have more empathy than others. I mean, their personality tests galore that will tell you that you're empathetic, you're not empathetic, you're sort of empathetic. Um, and ultimately, the, the whole aspect behind that is, is, are you listening to what's going on around you? And are you valuing the emotions of others around you? And maybe you don't understand or go along with it, but you don't devalue it to the point that it means nothing. You're taking that opportunity to identify with and work towards what is the most optimal outcome in anything you might be doing. Right. And I think another key takeaway from today was the back pocket question exercise. So in an effort to get to know where your client stands, how they're feeling about the transaction, what motivates them, um, have a set of questions that you are ready to ask each client in different situations to really get a better understanding of what makes them tick, um, how they're feeling. Are they excited? Are they nervous? Um, because at the end of the day, that's the goal to understand how they're feeling so that we can alter our interaction with them to make it a seamless transaction. Absolutely. And when we went through that exercise, I was going through that through notes, writing notes. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at this uh, list of questions of sample questions of the back pocket questions. And mm -hmm. I look and I was like, there's my question. It's yep. right there on the piece of paper. And I sit down, whether it's with an agent, whether it's with when I was in, in the real estate sales, whether it's with a client. And I always ask, I said, on a scale of one to 10, explain to me, you know, where you are in your real estate business um, and, and, and what is that number or on the, the sales side, you know, from a scale of one to 10, um, what does, what does a 10 look like in selling your home? What does a one look like? What, what, what's a 10 look like if I win? What's a one look like if I lose? So how am I going to win with you? How am I going to lose you? And I love that quite, I love that, uh, scale piece. Cause you know, and if, you know, inevitably it's going to be a seven, or, or, you know, and if you're asking them 10, they're going to go through, if you ask that question, they're going to, they're, they're going to emotionally tie to that number and they're going to tell you what is important to them, mm -hmm. what is not. Um, so I love that, that exercise. It was phenomenal. Um, you know, as, as we're going through, um, our world, we, we're in an emotionally charged arena. Let's just be honest. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but... people are selling the most, or, or the biggest investment they'll ever make. Um, they potentially have lived there for 30 years. Um, they potentially have lived there for less than a year and life just happened and blew up in their face and now they've got to move again. Um, there's so many reasons of why selling real estate is an emotionally charged event. And, you know, I would argue um, that our ability as professionals, as professional real estate agents, as professional advisors in this arena, um, that that is going to be the biggest value you can bring to the table um, beyond putting a deal together, beyond mm -hmm. making sure that the I's are dotted and T's are crossed, but how they are able to navigate this emotionally 
um, to be able to get to the other end. And ultimately, while we're not, this is we're we're in this business to to make a living. Uh, I think your ability to make a living at a high level is is very much predicated on your ability to do this really really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, as as an agent is going through this, are there any resources, or what are some resources that you have uh, uh, gravitated to that they can kind of consume books? podcast, anything that we can help uh, uh, guide folks to that want to dig deeper into this? Yeah, well, I showed the audience a book today, um, Practicing Mindfulness, I believe is the title, and I found it on Amazon. It was one of the top-rated top books. And like I said before, a lot of people hear the word meditation, and it sounds daunting. They don't think that they can do it. Um, and really, this book, there's exercises from three minutes to 15 minutes, and it's applicable to -to day-to-day tasks, right? So it's mindfulness while driving. I mean, how many times have we driven somewhere, we've parked and we got out of the car and we're like, how did we get here? Because our mind is so consumed with everything else that's going on in the world. Um, And, you know, it's starting small, right? So there's a ton of apps out there for meditation, for mindfulness, where it's two to three minutes a day um, and habit stacking. So we talked about a morning routine. And if one piece of that morning routine is off, your whole day is off, right? Um, Everyone has, you know, the sequence in which they do things. So if we can add morning, you know, journaling or meditation into that, um, that sequence in the morning, then that's a really easy way to just get into the routine of being more mindful. Yeah, no, for sure. And and it's funny that you bring up the the idea of habit stacking, because I think subconsciously in society, we have all stacked a habit in that didn't exist, right? We've all stacked a smartphone in as a habit, right? In the morning, I get up in the morning and the first thing I do is I get up and I grab my phone and it walks around wherever I go, right? It's coming with me and I'm looking at things when I'm on, I'm looking at the news, I'm looking at Facebook, I'm looking at all these different things. And that's maybe not a healthy habit, but that habit stacking thing, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be a small commitment of time. And I think that's an important thing to, to note there. And it's something that I take away from it because I mentioned earlier that the meditation and those things are very much out of my wheelhouse. Something that I have always found to be very valuable is confiding in an accountability buddy. Um, and, and that person could be a friend. It could be a coworker. It could be a mentor. I mean, we're in the real estate space. Coaches are a huge thing. Um, an opportunity to share some of these, when we talk about the idea of of getting frustrated about things and having triggers, a lot of times it's nice to have somebody who we can say it out loud to. And sometimes even just saying it out loud changes our whole perspective on what was the trigger. Like, oh, wow, maybe that wasn't such a big deal. Because now that I'm saying out loud, it seems maybe petty. But at the same time, it's important to get that out there. And if you have somebody that you can talk to about that, and they can kind of hold you accountable if something is going on, or maybe they're with you at something and you start to get triggered. It's an opportunity for somebody to help you grow because they can say, Hey man, like, are you okay? Like, let's talk about this. You know, what did we talk about? And you, you have that, um, you know, for me personally, I'm fortunate that I have a spouse that keeps me in line, but that's a big part of it is that I can share anything with her and she's going to give me a completely different perspective than what I have because she is so different than me. Um, and so 
between, you know, adding some of those little daily routines, having somebody that you can share your goals, plans, and strategy with your, your GPS, but also share the challenges that you have. It's hard to admit at that self-reflection piece. It's really hard to admit you have a challenge, but if you can get that off your chest and look to improve it, you're exponentially going to change in your life. It's going to be transformative. Absolutely. I can tell you right now, uh, speaking for myself personally, that was the biggest and most important investment that we've made um, in our lives is, is adding that third party coach. Mm-hmm. Yes. My, my wife, I'm with you. My wife is completely <laughs> opposite of me. And when I say something out loud, she is very quick to be able to tell me uh, all the reasons <laughs> why that is irrationally. Uh, and you know, 99 times out of a hundred, she's exactly right. Yep. Um, because I'm, I'm in my headspace, I'm in it internally. And I've, I've built up a lot of things that are irrational behind the thought process. Um, but the, you know, the coaching aspect of stuff is huge because not only are, do they, you know, in the best scenario, they're, they're not tied to you emotionally. Mm-mm. They're logical. They're able to hear you out. They're good at listening. They're a very good active listener, but then they've also got the, the wherewithal to be able to, to guide you in the, a, a, a better place to, to, to make you better. Um, I would argue that's probably um, the most important thing that we've introduced into our world. Um, that's we're trying in our brokerage world. We're trying to do the same thing for our agents. Um, and, and for those that want to meeting with them one-on-one again, whether it be in the deal doctor stage or whether it be in the business building stage or whether it be in the, I'm scared about what's going going on in the world right now stage. It's being able to be there, listen to them and then provide a perspective that they can't or that we can't internally get to, to our two by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is phenomenal. Guys, I, I just want to say thank you so very much for traveling from uh, 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 various parts of the country, <laughs> from Colorado and South Carolina, um, to, to meet with us today, to host this live event, to sit down with us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. You guys are a big part of our business, a big part of our successes, and we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. It was a pleasure being on here. Yeah, awesome. thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you again soon. You've just listened to another episode of the Raising Real Estate Standards podcast. If you've benefited from what you've heard, please subscribe. We would really appreciate it if you rated, reviewed, and shared this episode. You can contact us at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, email us at info at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, and you can find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the heading of Raising Real Estate Standards. 